We need some intro music. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Woman, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hey there. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Miley. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? You're well. I'm wonderful. I'm I so mean, happy to be here with you. I'm excited just because you're here. Ah, yay. It's Likewise. Always a bright spot in my day. Mm, you bring light into the room, oh, every room you walk you into. You let me vent. It's fun because I rarely get to vent. Well, I rarely vent with you. I feel like you. I vent a lot to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like the role is usually reversed. So today I got to like yeah. complain about some stuff and not really like complaining, complaining, just like yeah. airing out some grievances. And thank <laughs> and you. Thank you for giving me that opportunity to be there for yeah. you and to be with you and to create that space where I could be supportive. I'm also trying to get better at airing my grievances. <laughs> Because, like, you know, I think maybe historically I wasn't always good about airing my grievances, but now I'm really quick to do it. That's good. It's good to speak what's on your mind. Yeah. I, I've i learned. But that I think that's also part of why, you know, therapy is so important for me. Mm. And ever since I started therapy a couple of years ago, I try really hard to share more of myself it's not really for me it's not about airing grievances I, I, I mean in in a way it is that way but it's it's really just speaking what's on my mind to try to get it out of my mind and try to sort through it that's fair I could take my pen to some paper uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. journal it out yeah. but otherwise I'm great I'm, I'm happy glad. I'm having a good day I'm gonna get my oh, hair done yay. which I'm really excited about because it's woop, woop, long woop. overdue <laughs> I was looking through some of our old photos, trying to find content for our stories. <laughs> and I found or came across many photos where your hair was pink and purple. And I was thinking about how much I miss that. <laughs> Not like, that pink. I don't like your hair now, but <laughs> it's pink. It's purple. It's blonde. What is happening here? I love it. <laughs> no I love one knows, it all. No one knows what I actually look like in real life. Because <laughs> my hair just changes every couple months. You know, I love the way I love being surprised by what comes after your hair appointments girl me too <laughs> so what is new and good with you mandy my eyes been twitching for like five days that's not good that's really annoying actually. you think it's a potassium issue <laughs> <laughs> whenever eyes twitch i always think bananas i don't do you need more so, bananas i eat bananas but like mm. bananas don't have a ton of potassium like as much as you need in your daily right. intake anyways but like nothing's changed in my habits but for some reason this left eye like the bottom lid of all the not even the top it's like the bottom okay it's twitchy it's so annoying and it'll just twitch three four five times three times a day five times a day like a couple of times a day I get a few little twitches and then they go away for a while hmm. and I'm hydrated as hell so I know it's not water I don't know it's bugging me but exciting I got to see Scream this weekend Ooh, okay tell me about it I didn't know there was another Scream or a new Scream movie out yeah so it's been you know the original Scream yes I saw it in the movie theaters twice when it was out originally. I remember I was watching it in my aunt's living room and every time the the, the scream guy would come on screen, I would run out of the living room <laughs> screaming. <laughs> but go, yeah, so you saw the original in, in theaters twice, so you must love it. So the reason I saw it twice, I 
there's been very few movies that I've seen twice, mm-hmm. especially like in the theater. Uh, I missed the entire Drew Barrymore scene the first time we saw it. Oh, we went to see a midnight showing and it oh. might have been like a last minute decision. And we like raced off to the theater and missed that whole scene. So okay. when we arrived, we were at the high school afterwards. Got it. And all that had already happened. So we're so like, you wait, needed what that? just happened? Yes. So we missed more than the previews. right? <laughs> so we saw it again. Um, so this time I was on time. I saw oh, the good. whole movie. <laughs> Sweet. The first time around, I will not be going back to the movie theater to see it a second time. But that is not because it was not well done. It was actually really funny. Like, the Scream movies have a fair amount of humor. They do. Even though they're fairly suspenseful. Yes. There's a lot of, like, sarcasm. Or, yeah, just, yeah. like, sarcastic. Yeah, sarcasm is good. It's just, like, um just quirky witty kind of mm-hmm, stuff too mm-hmm. it's like it, they also kind of make fun of scary movies in the yeah. scary movie so but it's not like the scary movies that are just over the top ridiculous yeah but it was really well done okay it was well, uh, kind of what they were in the movie they describe it as a requill basically oh, when somebody goes okay. back to the original and yeah. remakes it oh so but you do so you do get a couple of new characters okay i was gonna say are the same major or main characters back Majority is all new characters, but oh. you get a couple of old the cameo original appearances yes. of the well, old. They actually have like roles. Oh, so okay. You see um, Nev Campbell, you see Courtney oh. Cox, and you see David Arquette. I'm so surprised that this has not been marketed. But I think they killed most people, so I don't know oh. if there were many others that could return. Wait a but oh, you meant they killed the people originally in the originally, other screen yeah. movies. Okay, but marketing wise, I just get emails from Harkins, and that's the only yeah, reason I know. But it what existed. if you don't get them? I don't get Harkins. I mean, I okay. don't want to. Question. I'm trying to decrease my junk mail, but how do you know any other movies are coming out? You don't. Well. Hmm. Well, no, I see a lot of ads on on Instagram about movies. movies. Yeah. And then what happens is if there's a lot of buzz about it, eventually the buzz gets to me. People are talking about it like you telling me. But yeah, usually it happens a lot sooner. Like The Matrix. I heard about it. I saw it on. I, I saw ads on Instagram. But did you know it was coming out before it came out? Yes. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah. So I saw it on so Instagram. I saw it on different. Your... Maybe. Maybe my Instagram algorithm doesn't think that I like scary. Well, I actually, I mean, do I like scary movies? You I don't like know. Sci-fi. I do. Mm-hmm. But anyways, not about Hence, me. This is about heads. just Scream. <laughs> Tell me more about your experience with Scream. It was fun. It was good. Uh, I was filled with anxiety most of the movie. Oh, like my well, think, as you should. I think that's the intention. <laughs> oh my god. So I knew I was getting really anxious. I was like, oh my god, my heart is gonna pound out of my chest. I look at my watch, mm-hmm. my Fitbit, and my heart rate. Oh, <laughs> my heart rate at one point was 110. Ooh. And I was like, all right. And uh, for you, that's not normal. What's, no, my what's resting your resting heart rate is anywhere from like 59 okay. to 61. I just want our listeners to know because normal resting rate is anywhere from about 60 to 100 beats. And so for someone who is naturally or normally at 90, maybe an, an accelerated one is 120. Is at 90, you have work to do. I'm just saying <laughs> so they understand what you re- in reference. Yeah. Your 110 is like someone else's 140 if they're normally at 90. So yeah. So 140 is like a fat burning zone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like 125 and up is like a fat burning I'm just, zone. I, I, cardio just wise. people references. Yeah. My heart resting heart rate is 60. Okay. As a general rule. And I looked, I was like, oh my God, my heart is at 110. <laughs> and then later on in the movie, I was like, you know, the suspense keeps building in those movies. Mm. And later in the movie, I was like, oh Jesus, uh, look, it's 128. <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm like literally doing breathing exercises. Wow. Okay. So this is suspenseful. This is scary. I like it. I was just trying to get my heart rate to calm down. Like I was like, this is ridiculous, Mandy. You do not need to be this scared. This is just a movie. Like, you know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you've seen yes. the originals. Like you know how this shit plays out. So this one was a bit more gory than the okay. first ones. Like honestly, that's what I'm saying. So a gauge. Like I'm trying to get a gauge of what this movie is like. It was suspenseful, so. like the first one. Yeah. Like I mean, the same ghost face. The uh-huh. you know uh-huh. kill sla- like not quite slasher flick, but a little more gory than the first okay. ones. And the first ones had a fair amount of blood, but they didn't always like show the. I mean, the first mm. one was 25 years ago. Okay, so this also fucked me up a little. 25 years ago I saw this movie and I was telling my sister I'm going to see this movie and I'm like I saw that two times and it was like my senior year in high school and I was like holy fuck it's been 25 years since I graduated high school when you told me that you're like it's a 25 year anniversary and I was like the what (laughs) what I had a bit of I have not I'm like I'm not that old wait a minute I was on the 202 or something on the phone with my sister and I had a whole like oh my god yeah (laughs) I had a whole moment about that I was like wow that that yeah, I mm-hmm. like I had done the math, yep. but then I didn't do the math and the thing all together. It, it, yes, <laughs> I put it all together right there in that moment. So, anyways, um, yeah, it was fun. It was good. I I'm enjoyed glad. the movie, even though I was scared to death most of the time. We met up with you afterwards and like yeah. had a drink, and I was like, I'm a little emotionally spent <laughs> from X Y Z and this movie, and yeah, I don't like. Uh, horror flicks or slasher flicks as a general rule. I don't mind some suspense and thriller stuff, but that's my scary movie for a while. I was going to say for 2022. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't voluntarily see a lot of scary movies, but um, I, that one, it just felt like I needed to. Like yeah. I saw the first one in the theater. I felt like I needed to close the loop on it and see that. Of course. It was I, fun. I might want to watch it now, too, to close the loop as it well. Was, it's also really fun for me to try to pick who done it. Like, I like yeah, the mystery you, you portion do like of it that. when you're trying to figure things mm-hmm, out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a puzzle person. And I nailed one of them right away. Oh, okay. The other. And then one or two things happened in the movie that reaffirmed what I was thinking. Um, and then the other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no. This is great. Okay. I'll consider it. Yeah. It was it was a good flick. Thank you if for the you, recommendation. If you like scary stuff. Not a lot else new. I, I, you got a new shower. Well, officially, shower, I think we talked about. We talked about, but it's officially done. Yeah, it's done, 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 done. Mm-hmm, Putting mm-hmm. some new fixtures up and I'll get ready to do like the other little stuff in the bathroom eventually as the spring moves on, refinish the vanity and do that kind of crap. And I bought a power tool this weekend. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> hey. I can drill holes in whatever the fuck I want to now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. You never know when you might need to drill a hole somewhere. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing, but okay. I mean, I know what it does. I, I know what I'll do with it, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Look for something to hang out or hang up. I had lots of drinks with friends, dinner, random weekend stuff. I'm glad. Sounds like a good. Good balance of life and work. What about you, uh, Miss Pilot? I have had an amazing week with flying. I think I've had three lessons in the last seven to ten days, maybe. I've I've had some ground school as well, so maybe I'm including that uh, in, in my calculations. I don't know. I'm just really hyped up. I am coming off of a full day of flying. We did a cross-country flight to Carlsbad. And so I got to practice every single skill that I have learned in the last 
eight months of flying. So it was so nice to piece things together. You know, you learn you learn things in pieces or in little parts. And it's so interesting and fascinating when it all comes together. And last week, the flight before yesterday's flight, I had done a mock flight to uh, to Tucson to practice some of these skills. And so it's nice to kind of practice the same skills, but reinforce it through going somewhere new where there's new radio frequencies, new people to talk to, new landmarks to look for, new like different weather to be watching out for, different uh, airports that I'm landing in, talking to different ATCs or other pilots along the way and communicating. So it's kind of just very fun to try all that. Plus, I got to see the water and we flew over the water and practiced steeped turns over Which the water? water. The West Coast. The ocean? Like, the yeah. Pacific? The- okay. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to the West Coast. I'm like, what water did you fly Sorry, I like, apologize. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> we went to Carlsbad, so it was the, the Pacific Ocean. But I mean, flying from Arizona to Carlsbad, yes. you're not necessarily flying over the ocean. Like, you no, no, pass- sorry. We passed. <laughs> well, the, the, the airport, the Palomar Airport that we flew into and landed is right on the coast. And so, so when you, you fly out, like you actually fly out back. into the ocean and then come back. Yeah. So we flew over the ocean and we got, we got really low in the water and we got to... I waved to people on the pier and on the beach. I don't know if they saw me, but I waved to them. And then we did some steep turns and it was, it was really fun. If anyone in Palomar was on the pier on Sunday, Sunday, February, no, Jan, I'm sorry. It's January. I don't know what day it is. January 16th. Um, maybe like Martin Luther King weekend, maybe you saw Miley wave, like a little pilot waving at you from a small plane. Or you can jump on my Instagram and see if you see yourself in any of my video footage (laughs) from the plane. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. And uh, my instructor, he says that he's getting more and more confident in my skills. He says that I'm starting to think more like a pilot. He says that uh, my landings, although uh, I am my own worst critic, he says that they're getting stronger and more predictable and that I am having safer and safer landings, which is great because that's the whole point in flying. Once you get up in the air, you have to safely get down from the air. So he's getting more and more confident in me. And so I'm super excited. And I think I'm going to do a couple more mock flights down to Tucson, which is my, my, my flight for solo cross country that I have to do. And so once I can do that, he's been quieter and quieter in the plane, which he says is a good sign for me. I have to get over the habit of doing something and then asking if it's the right thing, right. Checking for confirmation. He says the longer or the more often we fly this route, I'm going to get quieter and quieter because you have to pretend as though you're on your own. So, so sometimes I'll ask a question and then he'll just ask me right back. Like, is it, are you, what oh do God, you think? I dated someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good though. And then he talks about how sometimes I'll make mistakes and he says, I have to, he go, he, we talked, we had a long conversation about this because he says, I want to make sure that you understand I'm not abandoning you, but you, I need to know that you can answer these questions or find answers for yourself. And so we have to pretend like I'm not in the air. So in this plane, you can't be like, hey, Google, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I could, I okay. guess. Thank you for that idea. I hadn't thought about it. But he always talks about how use all of your available resources. And you're, you're right. Saying, Google is definitely you're right. Google is definitely an, an, a resource. But 
sometimes if I'm 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 feet in the air, I might not have reception, but yeah. I'm, I might still. So I should try Google if I can't. But <laughs> based on four She's flight, Googling which is <laughs> based How on four flight. <laughs> yes. A lot of it is really situational awareness he says that i have all the tools and i'm prepared i just need to know how to utilize the resources and tools yeah. and preparation and the knowledge that i have I know you do. in the moment so just practicing that and the more we fly the more confident i get and again like i said this whole exercise in learning how to fly is my own exercise and experiment in developing increasing improving my confidence and belief and trust in my own self that i can do what I want to do or plan to do or set myself up to do. Yeah, like shout out to Glennon Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. Yes. And and I think I have to remind myself that a lot of things that I do in life are hard and that I can do. And I, I sometimes don't give myself enough like credit. Like all the shit you've <laughs> done your whole life, which is basically what this episode is about. Oh, right. I forgot about today's episode and what the topic was. <laughs> well, I didn't. So I should probably stop talking about myself. This whole episode is me interviewing the lovely Miley and talking about all of the things that she's done to this point and what makes her who she is. What gives her the right to do all these hard things and do them so well? Oh, thank you. It's well, you know, sometimes I do them well, sometimes I don't. And that's human nature. And when you don't do something well, you just keep working at I it. I mean, sometimes she skips a chorus in the national anthem. <laughs> Luckily, it only happens during practice. Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> during man. showtime, she gets all the words in there. Yes, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Even if she does race right through them. <laughs> sometimes she doesn't take, she doesn't do great at test taking. Nope. You're going to find out yeah. some little nuggets yeah. in this episode. And maybe and I hope that people hear it, though, and realize, like, I think it's easy to look at people on a podcast or, you know, celebrities on a TV show or people in movies or influencers, whoever you might be looking at and think, wow, they must really have all their shit together. And while you and I have a lot of our shit together, we have a whole lot of ways that we could be improving. Yes, for sure. Ourselves, our shit, so to speak. Like we there are always ways we can be getting it together and like we are maybe habitually not great in certain departments but that doesn't define us as a failure and it doesn't stop us from trying and succeeding yes and I think the big lesson is a lot of people will say Miley you're so good at everything and the thing is no I'm not good at everything mm -hmm. I just happen to find things that I want to do that I have an interest in I practice it I learn as much as I can I try to be good at it and there are still things even after I do all that that's not good so then I just say you know what I'm just gonna stop doing that and I'll go do something else but no you do it anyways like there yeah. are things in this pod <laughs> that you will hear that I was like yeah I'm not great at that guess what I did it anyway and guess <laughs> yeah. what now I'm fucking boss at it. So take that. But yeah. like, just because yeah. I didn't do great on this part doesn't mean if it's enough to get me by and get me to the next step. That's all I need. Yeah. I need to get to the next step. And like that first part, I will continue to practice while I'm in the next step. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm really excited for people to hear this because it was oh, a, it's a fun episode. It was fun chatting oh, with you. Thank you. And it's a really you. good look into your story. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I did the interviewing, so <laughs> you so asked some that might amazing be a little bit questions. of a pat on the back. It is <laughs> to no, myself, but but that's the thing I mean, we've learned. I really wanted to hear specific details, and I really wanted people to get an idea of where you came from and things you've overcome, because I feel that that is 
detrimental or instrumental sorry I feel that is instrumental to the people listening to the show it, everybody could use a little inspiration and it's like it doesn't matter what you come from where you come from how you're getting to where you're going the point is just to get there I love everything that you said and I think your dedication and commitment to improving yourself really comes through in this episode Thank you. You're welcome. I was going to also just say that one of the things that we've learned in this podcast is that great interviews come from great interviewers. And mm -hmm. you really did an amazing job at asking some great questions that really made me think. I remember yeah. editing this episode and there were a lot of long pauses. So our <laughs> listeners are getting a very edited version of all of the like all of the pauses that I had because I really was thinking of through thinking through Mandy's great questions. And so I, I edited those out so you didn't have to listen to dead air. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a future guest on the show or you want to be a guest on the show, let us know. We do actually send you some of the questions that we're going to ask, like the direction that we want to go. So you'll get a little time to think about them. You you won't be stumped on the show. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you also might be because I might come yes. out with something out of left field that's but, yeah. related to what we're talking about. But thank you for that compliment. I appreciate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it was it was fun and I look forward to doing more interviews with you and maybe of you in the future likewise thanks boo thank you all right we will see you on the other side enjoy enjoy hello friends welcome back we are woman get in Hello, hello. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Miley. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm great. I'm actually really excited right now because you opened up the show. I know. I never do that. But this episode, I'm interviewing you. Oh, right. Oh, okay. So now you're the one who's starting off and doesn't know where we are. No, yeah, because usually we just start. We ha This is not the intro, so we don't I say know. hello. But I can say hello on my show. <laughs> <laughs> I work here. <laughs> I matter. <laughs> oh, man. You do matter, Mandy. Thank you, you matter a lot. Thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. Today, friends and listeners, we are continuing this two-part series of Miley and I interviewing each other and giving you a little more insight into who we are as humans, businesswomen, creators, uh fucked up people yeah. mm -hmm. all around <laughs> i that couldn't be more like i love it i love that description yeah let's talk about our messy shit yeah i like it i um, sing i i sing along to bb what's her face name i'm a mess all the time i don't know this song i'm a mess for your love and no no i should know the words but okay it's an awesome song i like it i love it well thank you for being here with me today miley i'm super excited to be here are you nervous? A little bit. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that, but then I got too nervous to, to speak because yeah. I got nervous. I can tell you're sitting all weird. Yeah. Her I'm, arms are all I'm awkward up. because I don't know what to expect. Her hands are all balled up. <laughs> it's funny that she doesn't know what to expect because I prepared this interview like a week ago and it is in a literal shared place on the internet. I know, but you know, I had asked you not to look at your you thing did? went yeah oh and then i just assumed or i wouldn't look either i didn't know i wasn't supposed to look did you look i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so no because i think you had questions somewhere else i don't think they were sitting in our um in one of our spreadsheets 
Probably not. There was some. You had like some of the funny I had questions. Some, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting yeah, there. the yeah. Mm-hmm. Miley, I know we started my episode similarly, so maybe give me like a you know give me like a rundown. Okay. What what would that. what would you tell me like what would you tell our listeners your I guess what like a simple bio? Yeah, simple bio. I like that. Age, sex, location. Okay, I am. <laughs> I'm 35 years old right now, and uh, a single Asian female. Looking for, just kidding. <laughs> uh, born <Sneaky>. in, <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Born in Texas, but uh, raised in Arizona and been in Arizona since I was four years old. All my schooling, all of uh, most, uh, everything since age four has been here in Arizona. And uh, my family is, is Vietnamese. My parents came from Vietnam uh, and they escaped Vietnam after the, the, the Vietnam War ended immigrants to uh, you know to to america and i yeah and you and your brother are first generation born yes so me my brother we had a sister she passed away when she was an infant so just me my brother and my mom my dad passed away when i was nine years old i have uh lots of cousins aunts and uncles too they've helped along the way to help raise me and you have aunts and uncles who live here Mm -hmm. so i have a couple aunts and their husbands uh, my aunts are my mom's side, so yeah. the um, and then I have uh, an uncle in Texas, and then uh, everybody else is still in Vietnam. I did not know you had another sibling. Yeah, I. It's not like I I hide it. I guess it's just um I don't often really n- see opportunities to mention it when I, uh, unless somebody asks about my family mm-hmm. and and stuff. So then I take that opportunity to kind of mention. Oh, I I do have a sister. I want her to know that she is a part of my life or that was you know that she means something to me so when did she pass she passed in 1989 when she was three months old so i was only three and a half years old oh wow Mm -hmm. they diagnosed her with uh sids sudden infant death syndrome so they're really not sure what happened i mean i was born with a birth defect my brother was born with a birth defect my my parents escaped you know a third world country and didn't have much money and two of the three kids had birth defects the third one could have had something that was just undiagnosed and then never followed to become diagnosed. When you say escaped a third world country, mm-hmm. why do you use the phrase escaped? Yeah, because they weren't really allowed to legally leave the country. So my dad had to be like snuck away. Is there a reason? Uh, well, when the Vietnam this War is, ended, it has to do with the Vietnam War and the communism and all that stuff. And so when the when the Vietnam War ended on April 30th, 1975, and the fall of Saigon took place, many of them who were against the communist government now became like a like, um, like a traitor. Yeah, like traitor of the country. So they would they would you knew that they were going to come looking for you. And my dad fought for the South Vietnam. He escaped and was kind of like they use the word adopted but sponsored maybe is a better word for it sponsored by a an air force family they helped him like escape to texas and enter the country legally and then my dad saved a lot of money worked as a plane mechanic because he was a pilot in the vietnam war and he knew how to work on planes so he worked and and then saved enough money over like eight years and then sent it over to my mom and then she used it to escape as one of the boat people she had a she had to escape in the middle of the night through like an underground secret passageway from the city to the the beach and then she floated in the ocean for a couple weeks and then was then founded by 
sailors from Thailand. And then she was in a refugee camp for a whole year. And it, yeah. This is a wild story. It is. How did she wait? So were her and your dad together before? Yeah, they were together. How did she get here? So thankfully, after floating around in the ocean for two weeks, um, you know, with very little water and food and lots of people passed away because of it. But she survived. Thankfully, she was at the refugee camp for a year and then transferred, I think, over to the Philippines. And then from the Philippines, they were she was somehow I don't know all the details reunited with my dad in Texas. Like after that, during that year, year and a half of filing paperwork in Thailand and the Philippines, she was able to then make her way to America. Wow. That's a fascinating story. Yeah, that's pretty amazing i know and every time i say it or share it i always have to remind myself like i need to talk to my mom more and ask for like <laughs> details and then i need to document this because yeah. i talk about it but i've never really written it down and there's so many so many questions i have that i should really ask my mom put down about. a secret microphone I sh- well sometimes i do like i've been so my mom sometimes will share stories about my dad because he passed away when i was nine so i don't know much about him so sometimes she'll tell stories and i'll secretly record her yeah, I, I started re- secretly recording and video recording her, too. I don't think you need consent for your mom. Oh, well, did you know Arizona's a one party? <laughs> no, did. not for my yes. mom. Oh, okay. You tell yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, my, I don't think I need consent for my mom. But just in case you didn't know, Arizona is a one party consent state. So <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to video recording and audio recording. <laughs> your mom and dad get to the States finally together mm-hmm. at the same time, reunited again. They're in Texas for a bit. They moved to Arizona with the kids. And you've lived here for the last 31-ish years. Little Miley grows up in elementary school and high school here in Arizona, um, where it's fairly white. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked a little bit in a former, like, last season about your childhood. And, like, there was some bullying that you... Yeah, a lot of of bullying, actually. Bullying, one, probably because I looked... Like, looking back, I'm thinking that it was a lot had to probably do because I was different. I looked different. Right? Sure. I think in, in elementary school and I in just want to point out you blend now. Do I think? No. You. Oh, <laughs> darn. <laughs> Not because you're Asian, just because you just so clearly like move this t- on this earth to your own beat. Now, now, like, you know, now I'm proud to, and I, I try to, like, I actually like actively, want to Miley move waves to my her weird flag like <laughs> so proudly thank you for like, noticing it's really easy for her to like dress up and assimilate like the rest of us you know <laughs> she'll she'll join in she'll be like this is what everybody else does so you know it's cute i'll look like them it's fine <laughs> for like, like eight hours yeah, and then the rest of the night and then but like her, given her normal thing she wears like the wildest fucking outfits she wears two different socks <laughs> she wore socks with her flip-flops the other day oh you got that wait I was oh, like, what's happening on your feet? <laughs> socks with flip-flops. And then I was like, there's two different socks. <laughs> it's like, you know, I've, I've be- for me, it's more like I'd rather wear two mismatched socks and have warm feet than have cold feet because I didn't have matching socks. <laughs> I love it. We're not, we're not going to talk quite about your fashion just yet. So you get here and there was a lot of bullying yeah. in school. Uh, and, you know, I was maybe one of maybe three Asian kids in elementary school Maybe high school, it was maybe one out of, I don't know, five to ten Asian kids. So it, it was I, I knew I was different. I knew I looked different. I also knew that I can't, you know, I 
I didn't know English until I was six or seven years old. I didn't speak English wow. until I was six or seven. My, my parents spoke broken English. So shout out to your teachers. Yes. Well, I was in ESL a lot. So shout out to English second language class. Woo woo. Yep. And that was a fun class too. You're better at speaking than I am. A oh, lot. no, no. <laughs> I can write. But Miley you, will you like have correct a, my grammar all no, day. I don't. <laughs> you have an incredible vocabulary. I mean, Miss Spelling Bee That's Queen true. over I'm, here. I have a vocabulary, but that doesn't mean I always like form my sentences properly. Well, I just... I, I ask you grammar rules. <laughs> I'm like, Wait, well, that's why that we right? make a great team. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I can be like eloquent and wordy, but then I'm like, did I put that? Did I put those words together the right way? There's a period right there and a comma. Yeah, I'm like, I love the Oxford comma though. Like, I'm all about the Oxford yes. commas. Um, so high school, yeah. and, then, and then okay, so tell me a little bit about high school. Like, what were you? What was your high goal school. in high school? Goal in high school. So did education you date in high school. Oh, ooh, okay, date high school. High school. I had I have one boyfriend. For okay. like two and a half of my four years of high school. Oh, that's boring. And, okay. <laughs> and um, he was Asian. What? You yeah. Found the only I found the only other. I think there was. I think he was the only Asian guy. The only <laughs> Asian guy you've ever yeah. dated? No, no, no. I've dated two Asian guys my whole life. Okay. But um, in high school, I think he was the only Asian guy in the whole high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I got it. And everybody thought, you know, I kind of bought into it. Everybody thought we were so cute because, you know, we looked alike. So now thinking back and I'm like, huh interesting like uh, in the moment i was like played like i i went along because i'm like yeah this is the everybody says it's the right thing to do everybody says like you guys look great together and you know we must have like similar upbringing or whatnot and so and then uh, i'll tell you that's how i, I mean that's how i accidentally got married oh remember in my yeah. episode we talked about this yeah yeah like, yeah because yeah, yeah. it was just like what people thought you should do exactly so i did it like a dummy Mm, I'm I glad know. you got out of yours. I know. <laughs> I know. Th- I, I'm glad there wasn't a ring in, in, yeah. involved with mine. Yeah. Shit. He he graduated. He was a year older than me, so he oh. he, he didn't like me anymore. And then it was his well, senior year. He, oh, okay. I was gonna say, did he go off to college? Was it like really? It was the beginning of his senior year, and he was, was like, like, "It's my senior year. I need freedom." Oh, okay. <laughs> play on, play and, uh, and that was fine. Whatever. High school was. I was a quiet girl in high school. Up until maybe my junior or senior year, I was quiet in terms of like timid, obedient, follow the rules, goody, goody. Like that was one of my nicknames, too. And maybe it was partly part part bullying too. Yeah. people, you know. So, Jealous, yeah. Well, yeah. I was a good kid. I mean, yeah. I wanted to make my mom and my, you know, my mom and my dad, my whole family proud. Education was very important. It was the way to get, you know, in our mind or the way we were brought. It was the, the way to be able to succeed in life, to make a good living, to be able to provide for the family and to take care of the family later on. Because in Vietnamese culture, I, I, I say that not to exclude others, but just the way I was raised, like it was expected that I would grow up, take care of the family, take care of the elders, got straight A's and then got a full ride to college. Oh, yeah. I didn't need a full ride. Okay, yeah. so you so got no, a full no, ride yeah. just based on grades. grades. Yeah, so I'm a horrible test taker, actually. I got the minimum score on the ACTs and the minimum score on the SATs. That's true. You told me your yeah. score on the ACT, and I was shook because yeah. mine was like 10 points higher. What's you the like minimum? Or something. Yeah. Well, that's what I got on my D. No, I got a 17 on my dental exam for, for dental school. But <laughs> So for ACTs, the highest score you can get is a 36. Yeah. What's the, I think 17 is the minimum you yeah, need to get to 16, college. So I got 16, 17. I got whatever the minimum That's was. I got saying, it. Mine was 10 points And then higher. SAT <laughs> 1600 and the minimum was what? 13? 12. Oh, 12. Then I got that too. Like I know, like I barely made the minimum and, but I was a straight A student. So I got a full ride because of my 4.0. I want to know what the people looking at your transcripts were like. I know. 
They're like, what is this, this doesn't make sense. What is happening? <laughs> I know. So I'm a hard worker. Yeah. Is she cheating her way through high school? <laughs> but she couldn't cheat on I these tests? I couldn't like, cheat what on the test. <laughs> yeah. I just get really like, I, I can't handle like stress very well. I, in like mm-hmm. test, I, I get a lot of anxiety. So when I know, like I sit down and I know this test, like quote, determines my future. Oh. I do horrible. Yeah. Whereas like in the classroom, I'm like homework assignments. If there are little bits of information, I can learn the information. I can do the homework assignment. I can study really hard for a test on a variety of subjects. But when it's like a big test and quote, my whole future depends on it. I can't handle that. It's a lot of pressure. pressure. Heads up to students or people who are parents and have kids. Like, yeah, it's stressful. I mean, study, but... Your whole life does not depend yeah. on one test. Exactly. And that's why I think partly I like to tell people that, hey, I still made it through with the minimum score on the ACTs and SATs yeah. because it doesn't dictate your entire life. I'm still here. I have a great job. I love my job. I get a lot of different opportunities from my job. I get to work with great people and help and make a difference. And so mm-hmm. SATs and ACTs are not the end all be all. College is not the end all be all. Growing up, I was told that you have to go to college. That's how you be successful in life. And yes, I I probably sound like a hypocrite because I did all of that. <laughs> and I am successful. You know, I define myself as successful. But I've seen so many people and know so many people that are just as or even more successful and they did not go to college. So Or they dropped out twice. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like college is not it's not for everybody. everybody. If yeah. you need to be a doctor or a lawyer, you really need to go to college. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, there's a couple yeah. professions that you absolutely yeah, yeah. have to get a degree in. And there's a lot that you don't. So where did you get a full ride to? I got a full ride to U of A, ASU, and NAU. And you ended up going to? I went to, to U of A. Which is NAU was a little, yeah, NAU up in Flagstaff was a little too small for me. And it was too cold because I'm a chicken when it comes to the cold, freezing weather. Oh. ASU was too big for me. And it was a little too close to home. So I love my mom and I love my culture, but it is a little very overprotective. And I really wanted to learn how to be my own person. Like I want to do my own laundry. I want to figure out how to feed myself. I want to be an adult. Like, But I also knew that I didn't want to be too far away from home because my mom is a single mom. And I did want to make sure that if anything bad were to happen or if she needed me for anything, I could be a drive away. Did you apply out of state at all? I did not. Okay. Just because... I don't know why. Maybe it was because I wanted to stay close to home. You wanted but, a little distance, yeah. but not too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also knew that because of my grades, I would be able to get a full ride to all three universities. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to put any financial burden on my mom or on myself okay. in the future either. I want to be mindful of cost. So you're very pragmatic and you go to U of A. Oh, in Tucson. Also, in Tucson. I was thinking pre-med. And U of A of the three schools is known for medical. So okay. I wanted to make sure I went to a good of the three, the the one that was good for medical or healthcare. If I was if I was interested in like engineering or business, I probably would have chosen ASU. ASU. If I was interested in um, agriculture or like um, oh. astronomy and things like that, I probably would have gone to NAU. Astronomy. Big careers in astronomy. <laughs> oh, I wish everyone could see <laughs> Manny's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do the stars yeah. so u of a and you were thinking pre-med i was thinking That's pre-med. fascinating mm-hmm. i did not know that um so because every asian kid should grow up to be a medical doctor yeah is what i was taught together be a doctor already <laughs> you're a doctor or you're a lawyer just like all of our exactly. other asian friends yes. right mm-hmm. although most 
like I would say most of the lawyer doctor things falls in even more in the South East. Is it Southeast Asian? Yes. The Indian, Indian Pakistani communities, yep. mm-hmm. like they're real heavy into that. So how long, so you started off, you're like getting your basics, getting your prereqs. Mm-hmm. At what point at U of A do you decide dentistry is it? Yeah, that was during my third year. I had already had all my prerequisites. I was going to medicine, medicine, but I also was really kind of unsure. I did a lot of volunteering, volunteered at a hospital on a weekly basis for years, and I never really felt at home. But then I had a really bad toothache and uh, I didn't have dental insurance. But there was a Vietnamese doctor who saw me and he took care of my toothache. I needed a root canal and then he did a root canal and a crown for you me. You had a root canal? Tooth number two, upper right, second oh. molar. Oh, yeah. And then he started talking to me about dentistry and he he did the treatment for free. Wow. How did you score that? Vietnamese Just in people case help I each ever other. need a root canal. Yeah. He was Vietnamese. Oh. My mom told him, you know, my daughter's in a lot of pain and he helped us out. That's so cool. And then... Uh, so he was like, have you thought about dentistry? Yeah. Okay. And he started telling me about the life of a dentist, about how like you can make your own hours. You can help a lot of people. It's um, a very thankless job. Yeah. You should think about it. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people think us, I think. <laughs> oh, a lot of people hate us, too. I won't launch into my dental spiel beyond the fact that it is a very thankless career. Yeah. Like. Only when people are in pain and leave, Actually, like, a point. it's a long time later, usually, like, even leaving a lot the appointment. Later. They don't appreciate how yeah, valuable. Yeah. a long, a, a bit of distance for them to really look back and be grateful for yeah. those times many when they were. Pe- yeah, many people don't realize to be grateful until they've lost their teeth. That too. And, like, no one loves going to the dentist. Mm. Like, I don't mind getting my teeth cleaned. And, like, I had a bunch of dental work done this year, and it's like... I'm going to the dentist again. It's kind of yeah. a long day. Like I don't get, I'm not worked up about it, but it's not like my favorite thing yeah. to do, you know? So not many people look forward right. to the dentist. It's not like, yeah, no. someone's hands are going to be in my mouth. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I've just overcome that. I'm like, you know, you Unless like me or you don't like, but, sh- but yeah. you're coming to me anyway. Unless so you're those kinky people who really like people's mm. hands in their mouth. I've never had one of those patients. That's good. Not that you know of. <laughs> oh, not that I know of. Yes. You know, people do like female dentists because they have smaller, smaller hands. hands. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he talked to me. He introduced me to a female dentist. She okay. talked to me about the lifestyle of like, if I ever ha- I wanted to have like a personal life outside of my career, oh, this is I ironic. could. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, with medicine, you're always on call. Whereas with dentistry, it's very rare that you have to go into the office on a weekend. So a lot of the emergencies that happen can be put on hold for a couple of days so you can have your weekends to yourself. Yeah. So they talked you into it. Yeah. Basically, I really, you started exploring Well, also it part of it was they were able to do a lot of free work. Like they got the autonomy to do that. Whereas when I was looking at all of the physicians that I knew, it was very rare that I found a physician who was like, yeah, come on in. I'll do an exam for you for free or I'll do this for you like at no charge if you really need it. I could see that in dentistry, if there was people in pain, I could potentially have that freedom to say, you know what, let me go ahead and help you out and not have to charge you for anything. There's that independent business owner mindset that they were telling me about. And just like he he did the root canal for me and the crown at no charge because he saw that at that time my mom and I were financially struggling. So I was like, I want to be able to do that. Like there are so many people who are financially struggling. I want to be at a point in my life and my career where I can do free stuff for Make people decisions that need it. and help people. Yeah. What did you work during college? 
I did. I've been, I've, I've always had a job or multiple jobs ever since I was 16 or nice. 15. I mean, I worked at families like businesses and stuff, but officially a non-family job like started a good when little I was, immigrant kid, yeah. right? Like a good like, little immigrant mm-hmm. kid. I, you know, sweep, swept, sweeped. <laughs> I swept all of the, you know, the floors of gro- like the grocery store that my family had, the hair salon that my aunt had. I washed hair. I did cashiering. I stocked. Um, I did all those like ever since I was a little kid, but age 15 is when I actually got like my first job that I wasn't paid by a family member kind of thing. And then ever since then, I've either, I've always had multiple jobs. Nice. Okay. So working during college is a lot. And then it is, I did IT stuff. That's how I learned how to do all of this stuff. I taught people how to design websites, how to do audio editing, how to do video editing, how to, it was because I got to college and I didn't really know how to use a computer. So I took a computer class and I loved working with computers so much. And then the teacher was like, hey, there's an opening for a computer tech. We will train you. And eventually I got, well, I got trained and then eventually I became uh, an instructor and I taught other students and faculty how to do all of this graphic stuff, graphic design stuff. The front door. Graphic design, web design, audio, video is super cool. That's amazing because in your current job, I know that you also hold lunch and learn sessions (laughs) to teach your current co-faculty how to use their computers. Yes. I mean, I just love teaching, but I love like teaching technology. Yeah. I love being able to empower people to utilize technology to help them do their jobs better, to help them achieve their goals and whatever it is they want. Like, and, and I, I don't know when I see somebody who has taken either one of my classes or just learned something new, like even if it's not from me, but they're like, Oh my gosh, I learned how to create a calendar event. Like I taught, I taught a class on Google calendar and then I started like to a bunch of like, uh, of our faculty doctors. And then some of those faculty doctors went back and, like a few weeks later, they started sending me calendar invites to show me that they learned how to create calendar invites. That's cute. And I was so proud of them. That's cute as hell. <laughs> yeah. And then like PowerPoint, I teach people yeah. how to use tab PowerPoint. And they like ask me like, how do you create flowcharts and shapes and insert text? And I'm like, this is now they want to get it. all fancy with it. <laughs> I okay. I love this. Okay. So this is fantastic because I did not know that you like worked as an IT person. I was mostly just fucking around oh. when I said that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I think the only and probably I don't think the- I ever knew where you picked up all this graphic design yeah. stuff that you do now. I, I don't I've never been a nail technician. <laughs> I should probably add that to the list if I'm going to fulfill all of the Asian stereotypes. She's not good at math and <laughs> she doesn't know. do nails. So scratch those but, off the list. But I could if I really maybe. But okay. do I want to? I don't know. So you're teaching people how to work computers and you're deciding you want to lean towards dentistry. Yeah. So I, I remember the exact moment I'm sitting in the back seat of my my, my roommates are driving. My best friend Amber's in the front seat passenger seat and my other friend Jessica is in the driver's seat and they're like you the know Jessica that I know uh no it's oh, a different okay. Jessica I actually lost lost touch with her so I miss her but um anyways so they're like talking to me we're catching up on the weekend and stuff and I'm like yeah I just talked to these dentists and you know I was like and I look at them like I think I want to be a dentist that's cool and it's 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 so funny because it was just like that like the when I said it out loud I was like I could totally see myself because I love smiling I love helping other people smile and I love the freedom that it could potentially provide for me and the opportunities to do volunteer work or to help others and stuff. So then I looked into it and a week later I realized that all of my prereqs for med school was the same for dental school. 
So instead of filling out med school applications, I filled out dental school applications. Okay. And, and then, then I started studying for the JATS. Yes. And, and I got and you did okay. 16 or 17, which is the minimum. And you applied to ATSU. Like, I'm, I'm going to skip over some of the details here just for yeah. listeners' sake, but I want to get to some of the meat of this. But you're at, you applied to ATSU. You get into dental school here at the Arizona School of Dentistry and Oral Health. And you become class of 2012? Yeah. 2012. That's amazing. And that's when I met you was 2010. Yes. When I was a baby D3. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was quite fun. It was good times. It was very funny. I hung out in the clinic that you were, you worked in a lot of the time. Well, one of the reasons why I chose AT Sill is because of our special needs clinic. Yeah. Uh, There were three main reasons why. And that was one of the main reasons because, you know, I was born with spina bifida and growing up, you know, I was in ESL class, but I was also part of the special needs class. Because uh, I did have like some physical disabilities. It was really hard for me to walk and things like that. And I hung out a lot with the special needs kids. And then when I was in high school, I volunteered with Special Olympics a lot. And I was a, st- a student um, assistant. And I actually was friends with um, a girl named Allison. Man, I haven't thought about her in, in a while, but um, she was blind. And so I would escort her to all of her classes. And that's how I know how to work with people who are blind, because I worked with her and I helped her get from class to class for, you know, during high school. Oh and my so gosh. I've always wanted to work with people with special needs. And when I found out AT still had a special needs program, I was like, I want to be a dentist who takes care of people with special needs. It's a really special thing at this dental mm-hmm. school. And you graduate from our school in 2012 you then went on to become a resident Mm -hmm. in the same at the same location but through the NYU Langone uh, program and then you became a faculty yeah one week I was a resident and then the next week I came back and I was faculty and I was really it was it was pretty awesome it was just great timing I was really I was in the right place at the right time and I was ending my residency and our boss right now you know was it was and is still the boss and at the time she pulled me aside. She's like, what are you doing with the rest of your life after residency? And I was like, I'm not really sure. I'm looking for a job, but nothing's really fitting right with me. And I don't know where I'm going and I don't know, you know, what, what to do. And she's like, well, we, we, we have a job opening and I think you'd be a good fit for it. And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) Where's the line? Let me sign right now. Fast forward eight years later and you're about to become the director of that special care department. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. It's, surreal actually I'm really proud and really happy and nervous but I feel like this is what I've been preparing for and you've I mean you've done like about a million things along the way like accomplishments part of been a part of valley leadership here in Phoenix ADA's 40 under 40 uh 10 under 10 10 under 10 Phoenix business uh, journal business journal yes 40 under 40. Phoenix Business Journal, 40 under 40, and ADA's 10 under 10. And the 10 under 10, for anybody listening, if you don't want to Google it or you do want to Google it, it is 10 dentists within their first 10 years of being a dentist that are like exceptional and hitting high marks in the world of dentistry. And Miley was one of them. About to become a director eight years later. Like that's pretty phenomenal. I think it's pretty awesome too. (laughs) And you know, all these crazy accomplishments along the way, you sing the Star Spangled Banner for I think just about every team we have except for the Cardinals. Except for the Cardinals. Thanks for remembering. Yeah, we're working on the Cardinals. (laughs) If anybody out there has any connection to the Arizona Cardinals, hit us up at Woman Get In. (laughs) 
uh, we'll gladly take that information. Miley really needs to sing the national anthem <laughs> for them because she sang for the Coyotes, the Diamondbacks, and who's our other and team? The Phoenix Suns. <laughs> oh yeah, the Suns. <laughs> oh, you know, I should um, I should audition for Phoenix Mercury. There you Why go. Have I not done Mercury? that? Um, sh- holler wow. at us if you got a Mercury yeah. connection. So you're this accomplished singer. You did theater back in your school days. You are a very accomplished dentist, business person. You have, I mean, accolades as long as the day. And I guess one of my questions about this is, where do you get the tenacity to do these things? Like, where does this drive come from to... I mean, like being a dentist is a lot and then you become a faculty dentist and you're constantly growing little baby dentists all day and then you're doing all of these other things on the side. And this is even before we started doing this. Where do you get the tenacity to do these things? Like, where does that come from? So, you know, I ask my, myself that question a lot. Sometimes I wonder, I, it goes back to a lot of the things that I do comes back to the question of like my capability. And that's been a really big word for me because like, I was born with spina bifida and uh, my life could be really different if mm-hmm. I had not had the medical services that I did have when I was born. I mean, I could easily been paralyzed and not been able to do a lot of things. And so the fact that like I have a body that walks and that I have this ability to learn, I I, I use that and I, I don't want to waste any of the time that I have. And, and I want to make a difference however I can. I want to let people know that like anyone is capable of anything that they want to put their mind to. And I want to be an example of that. And so I feel like I've been given such a great opportunity in life and I just don't want to waste it. So I, I keep going and I keep moving and, and I will keep moving until I can't move literally, like physically and mentally because Again, like I, 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 I always think back to how like I and, and I part of that is, you know, I, I did a mission trip down to Guatemala and I met uh, a few kids who have my condition that didn't get the services that they had, you know, that I got. And they're in wheelchairs or they're in bed or they have hydrocephalus and they can't talk and they can't communicate how they're feeling. And so I think everything that I do is I'm doing it for the people that can't. Yeah. And I don't know if that like saying that, I don't know. I don't want to say it in a bad way or a good way. I just say like that I'm doing this because if I can, I'm going to do it. And for people who can't do it, I'm doing it for them. That's admirable. So physically and mentally, you said things get tough. What motivates you or what pushes you when you come across those physical and mental tough times like you recently started hiking some pretty intense hikes yeah I think what drives me is that I need to prove to myself that I can do something Mm -hmm. and that feeling of like accomplishment I love that feeling where I get up to the top of the mountain and I'm like I, I got to the finish line because through all those moments where I wanted to turn around I didn't turn around or the moments that I wanted to give up, I didn't give up. And then when I get up there, I feel like, again, I was talking to somebody earlier, like my favorite moments in life are when I'm at the top of a mountain that I've hiked, because when I'm up there, I can see the world in such a different perspective than I do when I'm like down below in like everyday day to day life. 
it's such a different world up there Mm -hmm. and you see the world so differently and you realize that you're this small little thing that's part of a bigger thing and this feeling of like I'm part of something bigger is always something that keeps me going that I think that's part of that's part of the reason why I'm involved with so many things I don't like to do a lot of things by myself I like to be part of something bigger I want to know that like I'm involved with something that is much bigger and greater than myself and that's going to have an impact on the world in a positive way being up at the top of a mountain I feel free I feel peace I feel a sense of like just wonder about the world and about life and how like so many beautiful moments like that are possible. So I'm hearing that you're motivated by accomplishment. Is there a level of accomplishment where you feel satisfied? Hmm, I wonder. And that's a very good question. I don't know if... uh, You just said a lot of words but didn't answer the question. Yeah, I know. I didn't answer the question. (laughs) That's okay. I I get it. Maybe it was rhetorical or maybe it was just some food for thought. Like... I, is as you said those things it makes me wonder because I have similar ambitions and desires and makes me curious if there is a level of accomplishment or a goal or do you think you'll just know when you hit it like I can stop adding on all of these things right now do you think you're the type of person that will ever stop taking on the new stuff so an example is I was working really hard the first five years of being a faculty like I was doing all the research projects I was doing every single thing that was coming my way I said yes to yeah and then I finally got to like this associate professor level and then I was like I'm really tired (laughs) and I was like I kind of want I'm gonna step back and just take a break yeah and so like I think I, I just keep going and then until I realize that Maybe this isn't what I want anymore. And then I want, I might want something different. So I got to a point where I'm like, I don't want to keep working on this anymore. And then I redirected my, my desires to wanting something different in my personal life. So then I would re like, I I pivoted and I started looking into different hobbies and all this stuff. And so I don't know if like satisfaction is what I'm looking for. I think I'm constantly looking for a challenge. Okay. You know, um, I like that you check in with yourself like that, or at least even if maybe you work past the point of, oh, wait, what am I doing here? Yeah. (laughs) At least you have the, like the capacity to self-assess and go, oh, wait, how did I get here? I just kept doing the things I was doing. And I think I got off track a little bit. I wasn't really paying too much attention to what I actually wanted. Yeah. And I think for a long time, again, I grew up with this heavy emphasis on education and being successful and bringing, you know quote honor to the family Mm -hmm. um so I got to a place where I'm like okay I feel financially secure I'm able to take care of my family um I can take a step back and now I can start to like enjoy life a little bit and I think that's why like then you know instead of challenging myself like intellectually at work I now started to pivot and, and challenge myself in a different way such as trying to figure out how to vacation or figure out how to like have a hobby that wasn't focused on work. Um, So now my focus is trying to satisfy my need for learning and and, and enjoying, like learning about life outside of professional things. 
I do appreciate about you that you are like I'm a pretty curious person and I appreciate that you're a very I think unlike me you're very willing to try lots of new things it's not that I don't try lots of new things I have to sit on it for a while and marinate on it before I decide I want to try it like sometimes you have to present the idea to me a couple of times before I and I have to really sit on it. Like just the introvert in me has to think about it. Like I just have to marinate on it. I don't know yet. And then at some point I'll just be like, you know what? I think I want to try that thing. <laughs> you tend to be very like you're kind of all in gung ho right from the get go. That's only been in the last like three or four years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Though. But like once you kind of made this mm-hmm. decision that you wanted to try things like I really appreciate that you're kind of like all in. Let's yeah. fucking do it. Like scuba diving, getting your private pilot's license. I mean, there's all like you hiked. What was that big mountain like Humphreys? Humphreys in Arizona. Humphreys and then, yeah. crazy like big things for somebody who like the first time you went camping you went like backpack camping with all your (laughs) shit on your back and camped in the middle of nowhere like hiking up the edge of a mountain like the real edge of a mountain like yeah that that was kind of real hand over foot like climbing (laughs) legit shit I would not even consider doing growing up I was told that I couldn't do a lot of things Primarily one because of my birth defect and there was that fear of me killing myself. Right. So and I think that's what causes me like now to like I want to know what I'm capable of because growing up I was protected because people wanted to keep me safe. Their fears held you back. Yeah. And then in the last three or four years I've been single. I mean I was a serial dater. I mean two and a half years with the same guy in high school. Three years with the same guy in college. I barely went a year without dating like someone seriously like okay. you know so high school college dental school was like someone for 10 years you know yeah. so when that relationship ended like three years ago I wasn't really in a you know I was like okay I'm gonna be by myself I'm gonna be independent I'm gonna just learn how to be by myself and I think that's what really freed me because I didn't have someone not that telling my, you to be other yeah. things yeah. Yeah. And I was old enough too. at that point. I was what, three, four years. I was 31, 32, whatever. Yeah. And I was I finally had the guts to like stand up to my family. I love my family. They love me. They care about me. They care about my safety. But I could say, you know what? I'm 31, 32. I can climb a mountain if I want to, <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> I love these are the things I can climb a mountain if I want to, mom. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like I can go swimming in the ocean if I want to, like just things that I never got to do because everyone yeah. was so scared for me that it got me scared yeah. and I got tired of being scared. Of owning other people's emotions. Yeah. Wow. And so like, I just got tired of being scared. You're amazing. You know, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, instead of saying yes to everything for work and yes to everybody else's wants and desires, yeah. I was like, I'm going to say yes to anything that I think is cool. And I pretty much think a lot of things in life are cool. So if I think it's cool, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you're, that's why it makes you kind of a, a, you're, you're a great teacher, but also makes you a really great student of life is your just willingness to kind of like explore. Um, okay. So what do you wish you were better at? Oh, what do I wish I was better at? Um, I mean, I, you're going to say flying, but don't say flying. Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't, okay. I wasn't going to think flying actually. Okay. Um, man, there's a lot of things that I wish I, I could be. I wish what are the I, first couple things that come to mind. I was just thinking about cooking. 
Oh. So you want to cook. I want to be a better cooker. Is that the right word? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can just say you want to be a better cook. cook. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think there are three things that unite people from like across all backgrounds, ethnicities, whatever. Food, music, and sports. Okay. And when I say sports, I mean like just physical activities because again, I didn't get to do very many physical activities when I was growing up. But food, I think, you know, unites so many people because we all have to eat, right? And I've always, like, I love, that's why, like, I can't cook, but I usually, whenever I meet with people, I'm like, hey, can I bring some food or can I bring this? Or I try to find people's favorite things and I try to, like, bring them stuff because I can't bake like you. I wish I could bake. (laughs) It's it's one of your love language. Like, when you love someone, you bake for them. And so, like, I've always wanted to be a better cook. A good a, a cook. I just want to be a cook. Well, you, <laughs> I don't even you, know how to cook. You did reveal recently that you know how to make Thanksgiving foods. Yes, that's like the only thing I know how to make. Kind of. And it's sometimes okay. some of them's not even it's just from a box, so I guess it doesn't even count, but um we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, okay. I would like to be a better cook. What advice do you have for future Miley? And where part two parts. What advice do you have for future Miley? And where do you see yourself in 20 years? Okay. You'll be 55. Oh, thank you. I was thinking that. I was like, how, where am I going to be in 20 years? <laughs> I saw years? her trying to add the numbers. <laughs> I know. And I was like, well, how old am I? First, how old am I? And then at 20, 20 years. Well, she looked like that Julia Roberts meme <laughs> with all the little math <laughs> symbols around it. Um, what advice do I have for my future self? I think one of my biggest lessons right now is learning how to enjoy life and just being with people and uh, reminding myself about what is truly important in life. And I hope I'm still doing that in 20 years. Biggest advice is to continue loving myself. I think that's been a big lesson. I, I tend to love others more than myself. Like I put people ahead of me um historically I do to to my own detriment as well to a point where like it'll affect my health so I need to be better at that for 20 years from now shit I don't I don't know like I I I hope it's awesome (laughs) I mean I have kids in high school in 20 years I have no idea you know I'm not really I so growing up I don't know about our listeners growing up I was told to the way you, you know, the way you live life is you go to school, go to college, get a degree, get a good job, find somebody to get married to and have kids. And now I don't know if that's for me anymore. You've done a bunch of those things. I've done a bunch of those things and I've been in relationships and, and, and I've, I've, I've had, I have, I have nieces and nephews that are wonderful <laughs> and I babysit and those kids are wonderful you're like they're wonderful they were wonderful and I love my time with the kids I don't know I'm at a crossroads right now I don't know if I'm ever going to be with anybody or find somebody and I want to keep my options for having kids open so for a little bit of time I was looking into freezing my eggs to keep my options open I'm still thinking about it not so sure about it I don't know it's a pretty brutal process I heard. I looked into it. It, is, it sounds like a bit of uh, a big 
brutal. I thought about donating my eggs or oh. like selling them or whatever you call that. Yeah. So that's part of it. Like when you freeze your eggs, you can also just, uh, if you don't end up using them, you can donate them. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, okay, I could do a lot of things with my egg. Why, why let them die and wrinkle inside me? I can harvest <laughs> them and, and they might have uh, the potential for me in the future, for anybody else in the future. So I don't know if I'm going to have kids. In my 20s, I was like, okay, the goal is get a good job, find a husband, have kids. Now, like, that's not part of my goal. My goal is spending time with loved ones and people that I care about and deepening those relationships. My goal is doing a good job at my work. Like, I want to go to work fulfilled. I want to be a good leader. I want to be a good team member. I want to take care of our patients. And then I want to do things in life and experience life, explore life, learn about things that I've never learned about before. I would really like to find a partner who shares the same values in life as I do. It would be really nice to have someone to share my life with, to do things with, to experience life with, to talk with, some, you know, companionship, and uh, to learn together, to grow together. It, it can get lonely life can get lonely sometimes and so it's uh it would be nice to find someone but it's I've also made peace with not finding someone if that doesn't work out but uh that's I think more important to me right now than to 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 have kids I'd 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 rather have someone that I am compatible with and that I can share life with than to focus on trying to find someone for the sake of having kids. And once I find my partner and uh, we talk about it, and if kids is what we want, both want, then I am totally open to that. I've been in relationships and have known other people in relationships where one or both people are not happy. And the last thing I would want is to be in a relationship with someone who I'm not fully able to live life happily independently as well as with this person and vice versa. I, I care about my happiness as much as my partner and, and the people in my life too. And so it's so important to make sure that I have someone who is compatible that I can communicate with and be open and honest and, and and enjoy life together. Life is already so hard and I want someone to share a life with so that it can be easier and be more fun and just, you know, we can enjoy adventures together. And, and so, yeah. Maybe you meet a guy who already has kids. Maybe. This is what I was angling for. Oh, and you can still like angling. I dated like a bunch of guys yeah, that you did. had kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I dated one guy like with a, a free, kid. It was like a free wreck I had for a minute. <laughs> I was like, must have. I was wondering. Kid. I was like, huh? Every guy. It was like three or four guys in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I was just, but yeah, no, I've I've dated. I went on one date with one guy with, with Manly, one when kid. I put my mind to something, like I put my filters on, and that's what I'm looking for. One yeah. guy with one kid. Yeah. That was like a couple dates. It wasn't like a. No, it's just one date. That's it. Oh, you went on one date with one guy one, with one yeah, kid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you know, I don't know, kids. I don't know. I mean, our uh, other former guest, Shireen, my bestie, mm-hmm. uh, more my friend. Uh, she <laughs> also was kind of like of the mindset that she was, she was pretty sure she was gonna have kids right around this age. Yeah. And the last couple of years, she kind of went, you know, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Like I 
really kind of like my life the way it is. And I haven't locked down like a man that I want to have kids with. And like, I don't, I just don't need to be so hard pressed on this anymore. So like, I think that's a pretty common thing. And And, and, like, the important thing is, I think for people listening in yourself and like in these shoes, it's like, do you feel like you're missing anything? And if you don't, then uh, you don't really need to worry about it. The only thing, so, okay, so I have a couple things to say about that. One is I've been sharing very similar thoughts like Shireen the last year or so. Um, and and it, it's also to say that in the last few years since I've been single, I've learned that like I would rather focus my time on picking a partner that is going to be good for me and I'm good for them. And then we'll figure out if we want kids. But I don't want to have like I don't want to set myself up for the goal of having kids and then pressure myself into finding someone that might not be a good partner for me. And 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 then if I don't find a good partner, then I'm I can still have a kid on my own later if I want or adopt. That's always yes. an option. And I really like my life, too. And I have my nieces and nephews and other kids that can fulfill my little kid no, you know, like, I know this is yeah. why I harassed my sister about not bringing my nephew to me more because I'm like, I don't have kids. You're going to have to bring him to me more. Like there's only so often I can fly home. Yeah. And I tell like I had this conversation recently with people about like building my own wealth. Like I want to be well set up in retirement. I don't want to struggle like some of the patients yeah. that we see. I don't want to be the person who doesn't have maybe three thousand to five thousand dollars to spend on dentistry when the time comes and that's not even a lot of money today in dentistry let alone 30 years from now when i might be needing like big dentistry done or something so like i don't want to be the person that's going to struggle and not have money to do the things that i need to do to take care of me as an elderly person heaven forbid i ever actually get elderly (laughs) anyways i was like listen i don't have kids like i don't have any kids that are going to take care of me when i'm older Like that's my, that was the other thing too. Like, yeah, like I need to set this up. That's the thing. So the only right now, the one thing, maybe one and a half thing that I'm thinking about if I don't have kids is like, I I won't have any, like, I don't have kids to take care of me when I get older. This is why we Um, have good adult female relationships though. We take care of each other. Yeah. But then, you know, part I'll of me like, is pick me up and take yeah. me. To I was going to say, store. I was like, which one of us still drives? Well, yeah, exactly. I was going <laughs> to say, like, what happens when neither one of us can take each other to the medical appointment Listen, or we move in together know. and we Uber <laughs> together to our doctor's appointments? <laughs> we'll buy yeah. we'll buy an apartment type of building. We can do that. We'll buy a whole condo building, Miley. You okay. know, this is the type of thing we want to do. Actually, yes. I yeah. like the sound of this. We'll, buy, like, we'll invest. We'll invest in a condo complex. Yes. We'll make money off of. Yes. The they're not going to be called millennials anymore. They're going to be called something else. But we'll make money off of those people. Yeah. That generation. And then we'll yeah, yeah. Uber ourselves to medical we will appointments. We build a community of single old ladies. I can yeah. That sounds <laughs> awesome. That is one solution to like my concern. I was like, I won't have kids to take care of me. But the other thing is like, there's there is something beautiful, and maybe I'm still a romantic about it. But there is something beautiful about having your child, whether it's biological yeah. or adopted, but like your child and like teaching them the things that you think are important in life and then seeing them grow as a result of your influence. And maybe that's why, you know, I'm so attracted and drawn to education because I love being able to pass on knowledge and share knowledge. There is something beautiful in that, the, the, the 
parent to child relationship and then to see them grow and then like potentially you have grandkids and great grandkids and that that is the like the other part of maybe why I might want to have kids your cute little romantic ideas of having kids are so different from mine because the only times I've thought it would have been cute to have kids like I said this is a couple people recently I, I don't remember if I said it on here but I was like looking at some pictures of me dressed up for Halloween as a little kid and like when I look at pictures of me I was like I was such a cute little kid <laughs> I was like this is the only time I kind of think it would have been fun to have a little me like just yeah. just for the fun <laughs> aspect because like I know the first two years is a struggle it's, yes but then like from like two to ten I think it's really fun mm-hmm. and everything after that's probably a question mark but it is like I, I that little kid time that I think is really fun Um, I was like, damn, it would have been so fun to have a little me because I'm so entertained by me (laughs) that I have to imagine. Everyone is entertained by you, Mandy. (laughs) I am so entertained by myself that I have to imagine that a little me would just be so much fun. Oh, I bet. A little Mandy would be a hoot. I mean, you're a hoot. There would be like triple the hoot, right? Can you imagine? Holy moly. Like then the two of you together. Oh my gosh. Imagine. Yeah. Again, romanticizing just the co- the parenthood and the whole thing. like, And then like to see a little mini mini you, <laughs> you know, like a little grandkid that just like has your spunk and your personality and your humor and your wit. I, I never really thought about getting uh, so far along to have grandkids. Never. Not <laughs> once. Ever. Sometimes I do. That never crossed my mind. Yeah. That's fascinating. I'm so focused right now on the now because... For so long, I was so focused on the future. That's probably why I'm so focused on the now, now. I mean, now is what we have. Yeah. We have right now. This is what's real. This is what's happening. And like, there are lots of ways to prepare and set yourself up for a great future. But like, I love that you're focused on the now, now. And I think you're doing really cool, really amazing things. I think you're inspiring. And I'm struggling to come up with all of the words that I have for how cool it is, how many things that you do. And the number of people that you touch in a positive way on like a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis is so phenomenal. Like I hope that our listeners get a chance to see glimpses of that through this show and like the things we share on social media. And um, I, I just think you're, you light up a lot of people's days. So it's important that people know that. Thank you so much, Mandy. You're welcome. You light up my day all the, that's why when I go 25 oh. hours without <laughs> seeing you, my day is very dim and well sad. Sorry you had to get here after dark and it was real dim. <laughs> and then it brightened up the moment I saw you. <laughs> so now it is time to switch gears and put oh. you in the dun 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 in the hot seat. Oh, we're doing a hot seat? You're I doing didn't realize we were doing a hot seat. Rapid Uh-oh. fire question. Yeah. Okay, so this is what I mean by pressure. This is this is the part where Mandy gets to be Mandy. Oh goodness gracious. With rapid fire questions. Oh, I'm nervous. Smiley, what is your weirdest habit? Oh, my weirdest habit? I leave caps loose and cabinets open and drawers open. Because I don't like things slamming. What's a, what, what about the caps? Caps don't oh, slam. No, they don't. But then it's like twisting motion hurts my wrist sometimes. <laughs> I will tell everyone listening, I have been a victim <laughs> of her caps. I picked up the sriracha yeah. out of my refrigerator once. Yeah. And I am a person who closes things. Mostly. Yeah. Actually, I don't close drawers all the way. I, a lot of times 
I, I'm better about it now, oh. but I used to be bad about not closing drawers. Um, but I picked, I always close caps to things like ketchups and mustards and da 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 jars and caps. I picked up the sriracha, and Miley is the person who uses the sriracha in my refrigerator. I think you bought it. Yeah. Like, it's been, it's, you're like, it's 90% yours. So, but like <laughs> on the occasion I make like a ramen or something or some sort of soup, I'll pick it up to shake it. Yeah. Always Oops. shake everything because it's liquidy right on the top. Oopsie. And I've flung sriracha around my kitchen before, and I was like, Cool. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Again. Okay. Yes. So Miley doesn't screw the caps on. If you ever cohabitate with her, yeah. be prepared. I'm sorry. Ahead the of time. A thousand times. Weird. Why do people think you work wherever you go? <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I didn't think you'd remember to ask me that question. I forgot about that question. I wrote it down. <laughs> I don't know why people think I work everywhere I go. I mean, I'm wearing my scrubs at Walmart and people think I work at Walmart. <laughs> and then um, where the other day I was at Habit Burger or something and they thought I worked there too. And I was like, I'm just cleaning up after myself. <laughs> You're cleaning all the tables. <laughs> why do people think I work here? Can I get that for you? Is there anything else you, I can get for you? Are you done with this? So I don't know. The the positive side of me is gonna say, I just look like an approachable person, and I was just people say, you walk around looking fucking helpful everywhere you go. People think that I, you know, the other thing is people just think I know everything, so that's why they ask me for help. You look like a helpful old know it all. Okay. Well, that's all the hot seat questions I have for you. I only had those. Those were awesome. Thank they you. made me really think. They did. They did. Thank you so much for sitting with me and talking with us today. Oh, I had so much fun. A lot of a lot of good laughter. Yes, it was fantastic. I got to learn new things about you. Our listeners will learn things about you. I think your story is fascinating. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mandy. You're welcome. Love you. Love you. Mm-hmm.